morning and welcome to Are You Up Babes? I'm really glad that you've joined me this morning and my prayer is as we study the Word of God together, we will be uplifted and we will draw closer to Him, understanding how much He loves us and how much He wants us to live in this world where there is so much turmoil. He wants us to live with peace. Speaking of peace, my daughters have a vlog on the Active Church channel called The Sips. At the end of their vlog, they always say the one goes peace, and the other one goes pieces. And you know, it couldn't be more true. We either live in peace, P-E-A-C-E, or we live in pieces, P-I-E-C-E-S. Literally, pieces all over the show because we're all over the show if we don't have peace. If we're in turmoil, our thoughts are all over the show, our heart is all over the show, our stress and anxiety and worry, everything is all over the show. But Paul actually addresses this in the letter to the Philippians. Now, Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians from jail in 60 AD. He wrote the letter and the letter was filled with extreme joy. Now, he was in jail and he writes a letter to this church in Philippians about extreme joy. He wrote this while Timothy was visiting him and it was carried back to the Philippian church by a leader. The church of Philippi began because one night Paul had a vision and in this vision, a supernatural vision from God, he saw a man pleading with him to come and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to him. Then Paul goes and he preaches the gospel and while he's preaching the gospel, he is arrested. He's thrown into jail and he's severely beaten for preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's in jail. He's actually in jail with Silas. And the Bible tells us that they begin to sing songs filled with joy. They begin to worship God and sing songs. Can you imagine? They're in this jail. Either people were telling them to shut up or people went quiet and listened to the joy of these two men as they worshipped God while they were thrown in jail unjustly for worshipping God. They're now in jail worshipping. God. They have been severely beaten and a miracle happens. The jail doors are flung open and the jailer thinks they've all escaped. So he gets ready to kill himself. And Paul says, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer is radically saved and Paul is able to witness to his entire family. His whole household gets saved. And as a result, the church of Philippi begins out of this incredible miracle, who knows, it may have been that jailer who was the man in his vision pleading for him to come and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to him. And so because of the miracles of God, a church is birthed among the Philippians and Paul longs to encourage them to never give up, to keep rejoicing in all things from jail. Paul is telling them from jail, don't ever give up. He tells them to keep rejoicing in all things. He encourages them. And if you look at Philippians chapter four, he encourages them to remain in the fullness of their union with Christ. So when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and savior, we become one with him. We are in union with Christ. We died together with him when he was crucified. Our old nature was crucified with him. And we were raised together with Christ as a new person. And so we are in union with Christ Jesus. 
It's very much like a husband and a wife who become one when they get married. They become one through the sexual act physically and when they have a child, that child is now a new one because they became one. A couple becomes one mentally. Think of it, when a man and a woman get married, they think very much alike, especially as they've been married for years, they often say the same things, they are very alike. They become one spiritually. And this is why it is so important that God says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Because if you become one spiritually, which one do you become? A person's faith is affected if they are not spiritually one, if they are not yoked equally. We become one emotionally and that's why it's important that you are whole. Jesus through the cross and through his blood being shed makes us whole. He did everything that was necessary so that we do not need to be wounded. And two halves, I know the maths equation is two halves make a whole, but not when it comes to being broken emotionally. We have to come before the cross of Jesus Christ and allow him to do the work that's necessary on the inside, that our hearts can be healed, that the wounds can be bound up and healed so that we are no longer broken. And so we become one on every single level. We become one financially. And that's why it's important that we learn really good financial habits. We don't have bad habits. We don't have things like debt. And that together as a couple, we have good financial habits. Now, a husband and a wife cannot be one and hate each other. It's impossible. They can't be one. There will not be unity in their home. There will be no unity. Now, if Christ is in us, we become one with Christ and he loves it when we are united. He wants us to love one another because he says that he's coming back for his bride, not brides, bride. The church of Jesus Christ, one church, is his bride and he's coming back for his bride and he needs his bride to be in unity. Now, in order to love God, we must love one another. The greatest commandment is love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second commandment, which is the same as the first, is to love one another, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, the Bible says that the world will know that we are his children by the way that we love one another, by the way that there is unity. God operates through unity. You need to hear me. God operates through unity. Discord is not of God. Now, discord means there is disagreement between people. It's a disagreement. And where there is disagreement, there is no harmony. There is no unity. Now, I want you to imagine if you're listening to music, we work on a worship team. And, you know, if someone plays out of key or sings out of key, it hurts your ear. You're listening and everything sounds great. And then suddenly you do that because it hurts your ear. Everything's in perfect harmony and now something's wrong and your ear picks it up. This is exactly how it is when people are in disagreement with one another, when they are in disunity. People who are in disunity like to talk negatively about one another to other people. Now the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the word of God, your faith comes and your faith is increased. The foundation of your faith is built on by hearing the word of God. That tells us that what we hear affects us. 
what we hear affects us. If faith comes by hearing, what happens when we are listening to negative stuff? Something's happening. What happens? Either you listen to that negative stuff and you believe. You see, you place your faith in whatever you believe. An atheist that doesn't believe that there's a God puts his faith system in what he believes and he believes that there is no God. So either you listen to that negativity and you believe it or you guard your heart and counteract the negativity with the word. You've got to counteract the words with the word. Now the beginning of chapter 4, Paul encourages two members that are in disagreement, there's discord in the church. And he encourages their two ladies and he encourages them to settle their disagreement and to be restored with one another so that they are one heart and one mind with the Lord. You see that there is unity. And then he actually asks a dear friend to help the two ladies to resolve the issue because they are both laborers in the kingdom of God. And Paul knows that it can affect the work, it can affect the church, it can affect the hearts and the mind of people, the peace in the church, if that disagreement, that disunity, that discord is not sorted out because it is ungodly. And the most important thing is that they are spreading the gospel and when disagreement comes, it can affect the whole unity. And then he says to always be full of joy. Again, this incredible letter of encouragement, encouraging the believers to be filled with joy. Then he says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. He himself is in jail. He doesn't know the outcome, but he's saying, to them, don't worry about anything. I want you to think of the world we live in at the moment. Everything is upside down. Everything is crazy. In our nation, South Africa, there has been so much craziness. And yet Paul is saying, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. So he's saying, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything and then tell God what you need. You see, when we worry, we have needs, concerns, we're anxious. And he's saying, don't worry, pray about it and tell God what you need. And he says, and thank him for what he has done already, for all that he has done. You know, this tells me that every time God does something in our lives, we should make a record of it. We should be looking at that record daily and praising God for the goodness that he has done. So that when things happen, instead of worrying about it, we can pray about it, thanking God for all that he has already done. Take out our book of remembrance, thanking God for all that he's already done. Lord, I don't want to worry, so I'm bringing this before you. I'm praying about everything, but I'm also remembering everything that you have done and thanking you for everything that you have done. And then it says, you will experience his peace. It will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, peace is the greatest thing we can have in this day and in this age. 
And we should not live our lives in any other atmosphere inside of us than to have peace. And when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you can testify to this, I'm sure. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the first thing that happened was you experienced incredible joy and with it came peace. You were like this. Wow. There's no words actually to explain the joy of your salvation. And so this is what Paul is saying. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And remember all that God has done, thanking him for all that he has done. And the peace of God that passes human understanding will fill your hearts. Now, the Passion Version says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about anything. I want you to think when there's anxieties, worries, stress, when there are concerns, when you feel panicky or confused, it always affects relationships and you have no peace. And Paul is saying what these things are going to do is they're going to pull you in every direction. You're going to go from being angry to confused to filled with grief to depressed to sad to feeling like you're fatigued and you don't have energy to wanting to die to fighting with everyone around you you're just in constant turmoil and he's saying don't do that actually don't be pulled in directions in a whole lot of different directions and don't worry because when we're filled with strife we cause strife. I'm sure you can pick that up in your life. When you're filled with turmoil and anxiety and you're stressed, what happens? That becomes your relationship because you take what's on the inside and you bring it out. But he says instead, be saturated in prayer. Be completely drenched in prayer. As that thing comes to your mind, you pass it over to the Lord in prayer throughout the day. I've got a really weird picture that I want to share with you, but I want you to imagine someone throws a very, very bad baby's nappy, a dirty baby's nappy at you. There's two ways in which you can react. The one is extremely negatively holding this dirty nappy that's been thrown at you. You didn't deserve it. It's been thrown at you. It's messed all over you. You smile. You're embarrassed because people are looking. You're angry. You didn't deserve this. You're angry. Why did this happen to you? You get upset. You maybe begin to cry. You maybe begin to worry about what germs you can now get, what bacteria. Or you can immediately take that nappy and fling it over to God and make it his problem instead of your problem, thanking him that you can give it to him, thanking him that the last time a nappy was flung at you, you flung it to God and he sorted it out for you. And so that's what it is. He wants us to offer a faithful prayer to God with overflowing gratitude. Lord, I come to you with faith, trusting in your word that I heard this morning as I did my quiet time. And now I'm coming to you faithful in that word, thanking you for all you've done for me and for your goodness. I want you to think which is better if you went to the shops with a toddler and the toddler sees an ice cream shop and he begins to cry and stamp his feet and say, I want an ice cream. And you say to him, we just need to go to those three shops and then on our way out, we can get the ice cream. 
but he doesn't believe you. He doesn't want to wait and he begins to throw a tantrum and scream louder and cry louder. The situation becomes difficult. And then when you do give the ice cream, he's licking it, but it's still an unpleasant situation. Or you're at the shop with a toddler and he sees the ice cream shop and he says, mommy, please can I have an ice cream? And you say to him, yes, we're going to the three shops and then on our way out, we can get an ice cream. And he's excited and he goes to the three shops with you, but on his mind, he knows on your way out, you're going to get him an ice cream. Isn't that the way God wants us to be? You see, there may be time before the prayer is answered, but we can stand waiting. We can stand thankful. We can stand trusting him, knowing he's going to make a way for us where there seems to be no way. The Passion Version tells us to tell him every detail of our lives, not dear diary, but actually dear God. Tell God every detail. And then it says, a wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and your mind. You see, the two are important together. If your mind is not guarded, your heart will be full of concern, worry, turmoil, stress, anxiety. But when your mind is guarded and your heart is guarded, there is peace. Then goes on to say in chapter four, keep your thoughts fixed on all that is authentic and real honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and every glorious work of God, praising him always. In other words, that no matter what is going on, we praise God. We remember the good things he has done for us. We remember the cross of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus broken so that we can be made whole, the healing, the blood of Jesus shed so that we can be forgiven. We are saved. That we can throughout the day remember the goodness of God so that his peace can fill us. Not pieces, broken everywhere as if a bomb has gone off and there's an arm there and a leg there and this incredible destruction, but peace that fills us. We need peace in this turmoil. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus and think on all that is good and holy and authentic and honorable and real and beautiful and respectful as the word says. You know, fear and destruction and hatred reigns in the world, but not in us, because we can be filled with peace. And you know, if you have a wobble, and we all can have a wobble, make sure the wobble doesn't rule your life, that it's short-lived, and we get back to a place where Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, that we stand on the word of God, that we believe his promises like that child who knows that God will make a way that we may have to wait one week or two weeks or three weeks like the one shop and the two shop and the three shops before we get to the ice cream shop. But we can be excited, we can wait and we can trust the Lord. And I know, I know that there are things that we have all prayed for and the opposite has happened. I have lost loved ones in my family where I have prayed for them. I know that has happened. But you know, I want to encourage you, don't blame God. Don't 
believe God doesn't answer prayer. We don't know what we don't know. And to blame God is to be foolish. We have to trust him no matter what. And perhaps in closing, I can just share a testimony. I have a sister-in-law, Gavin's brother's wife, who was tested positive for COVID. She was very sick and then was needing to be hospitalized because she was really not well. After a week, she really was critical and they needed to fly her to another hospital and put her into ICU. That second week, she was really critical. We were praying and we were really hoping. And by the Sunday night, we got news that she was really very ill and critical. And up until that point, we'd been praying, we'd been having communion for her, we'd been anointing her, we had been trusting in God's word and speaking God's word over her and The moment there was concern in our hearts, we would immediately pray and just keep giving it over to God so that we were flooded with peace in the midst of the turmoil. But on the Sunday afternoon, when I saw the message of her being critical, I panicked. And I began to think of not having her in my life and her children not having her and her husband. And I was overcome with grief in that moment. I lost all my peace and I began to grieve. I was extremely emotional and began to grieve. My husband wasn't home. He was at the church and I was overcome with grief. It wasn't long after that my husband arrived and I actually went outside to the car crying and I realized, oh my word, he's actually going to think the worst because he's going to see me coming. I don't normally walk to the car to greet him. He normally walks into the house and I greet him, but I was overcome and I just needed to speak to him. My heart was in no place of peace. And normally I can, within a few seconds, sort out my heart and get before the Lord. But now I was overcome. And he spoke to me and settled me. And we actually went into a prayer meeting. I can assure you, after that prayer meeting, my heart was calm. My heart was filled with peace. In my heart, I knew everything was going to be okay again. We're going to go back to praying and believing. And just to testify further, from Monday onwards, every day, we got news that she was doing better, that there was something extra that was better. There was an improvement every single day, and we thank God for that. But, you know, there was a wobble. And in that wobble, I lost my peace. And I'm sharing this with you to show you that you can have a wobble, not every day, okay? For some of you, it's every five minutes. We can't have a wobble every five minutes. We need to be reigned, um, ruled by the peace of God. The Holy Spirit is inside of us and he gives us peace. And when we get panicky, we need to go straight to him. We need to come before him and not leave his presence until we feel the peace. Now, I went to bed that night completely peaceful. I can guarantee I would not have gone to bed if I was still in that place of turmoil, but I would have come into the presence of the Lord and spent time with him until I felt the peace. Now, I'm sharing this with you because we all have a wobble, right? Get into the presence of God. If you've got someone who can encourage you in that moment, God will use that person. But sometimes there isn't someone who's just arrived home that we can speak to. 
get into the presence of God and allow the peace that passes understanding to fill our hearts and to rule our hearts. And as Paul says, the joy, we must focus on the joy, the joy of our salvation, all the good things that God has done. So I want to remind you, don't worry about anything. Don't be pulled in different directions by everything that is going on, but pray about everything. Every detail of our lives we can take to God. We can be saturated in prayer, giving him all our petitions faithfully, faithful, coming before him faithfully and faithful as we bring those petitions before him. And we can thank him for all he has already done, saying, Lord, I remember you've done this. You have done this. You have done this. You have done this. Thank you, God. I'm bringing this before you. And his peace that passes understanding will flood our hearts in the midst of a situation that perhaps has not yet changed. But because we have come to him and we've handed it over to him, we've thrown that nappy to him, we can begin to worship him. He will work it out for our good. And so be encouraged, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what you're feeling right now, I want to encourage you. God loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Don't give up. Peace, not pieces. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you and praise you that we can come before you bringing every concern, worry, fear before you, that we do not need to worry, but that we can come to you, Father, bringing everything that's going on in our lives, every detail before you. You love us so much, Father God. You want to make a way for us where there seems to be no way in the natural. We thank you, Father God, that you do exceedingly abundantly above beyond what we could ever dream or imagine. And we thank you, Father, that you are close to us, you are with us, and you are for us. And so, Father, help us to be flooded with peace in our hearts. Help us to stay in unity with you and with one another. Father, help us to not have grievances with other people. Help us to forgive. Help us to forgive quickly. Father, help us to not hold on to wrongs that have been done to us. Father, help us to be able to lay that down, to be humble enough to forgive them, remembering we've made so many mistakes ourselves. And I pray, Father, that there would be unity in our homes, unity in our churches, and unity in our nation. We thank you, Father God, that as we lift up the concerns in our lives, we can come before you remembering all the good things you have done for us, Father God, over and over again. Father, help us not to forget all the things you've done for us, but help us to be not only mindful, but a testimony where we tell people of the amazing things you have done for us. And as you have done it for us, you will do it for them. And so thank you, Father, that we can be filled with your peace that passes understanding, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. We thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So may God bless you and may you be filled with peace.
notes, not a thing. Caring up, limitless. Faces the faces, I'm gonna win. This race is my game, yes, I'm on the team. Working in purpose, I'm jumping in. Your Holy Spirit is guiding me. Purpose is driven to infinity. Heaven is our destination, Jesus is the only one. Heaven is our destination, Jesus is the only one.